On today's episode, we'll be debating interracial dating and how it's viewed in the Asian community, reviewing 90s action classic Romeo Must Die, and finally discussing the Angus Reid poll of Chinese Canadians discussing the increased racism they face since the COVID-19 pandemic. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice, Asian comedy podcast, where we share the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And on our panel today, we've got the brilliant Jennifer Shang. Hello, official spokesperson for depressed Botox moms. <laughs> uh, we've also got the cerebral Leonard Chan. Oh, cerebral. I like that. Uh, let's see how cerebral this is going to get. <laughs> and the exuberant, youthful Sebastian D. Chow. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm glowing. Do you see? I'm, I'm glowing. Ooh. I have plenty of stem cells still cooking up in here. Show <laughs> off. Uh, show off with your youth. Fuck you. Your... God damn it. Okay, so let's jump into our main topic of the day, interracial dating. And now three of the panelists are actually dating white people at the moment. So this has a chance of getting us all dumped, but we thought it was a very important topic to go into. Um, so uh, the the first question is, you know, what is the Asian view on interracial dating? And how is interracial dating viewed by your family and parents? Let's first go to Jennifer. Okay, first of all, let's start off by the Asian view. Are we talking about Asians in North America or Asians in Asia? Because I can tell you for a fact that Asians in Asia are not as open as we are to it in North America. Like the Asians in Asia, the most interracial they're going to get is like a Korean person marrying a Chinese person. But oh my would... heavens, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you do. I like when I lived in China, I did see the interracial dating type where you have like what we termed the loser back home, which was like the foreign white guy that went to China to teach English. And it was also his little <laughs> creepy way to get in bed with the local Chinese girls because they were like, mm, maybe I can get a green card. And the white guy's like, I'm cool. Hey, Ni baby, let's put, the, let's put the sin in syntax. <laughs> 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 so you did see a lot of that, but I will say it is changing, especially these days, as you know, because of uh, growing tensions between China and Canada and the U.S., there's been a lot of anti-foreigner sentiment. So much so that during my last years in China, I mean, my husband's white, I would not hold his hand in public when we walked down the streets through like busy areas because I didn't want us to be the target of like, you know, I guess you could say racism or just Chinese locals, especially the men, showing their aggression and their, I guess, opposition towards that. Like they just, they just hated foreign guys, and they probably do at this point. Like if they see you with a Chinese girl and you're kissing or holding her, they will attack, especially at night on this street called like Jiobajie, which is like the drinking night street. Um, so I will say it's not a very popular thing in China, but in Toronto, hey, look at us, look at us. Judas's um, <laughs> just going to town on our white Mickey D husband. Give me my um, goddamn silver. <laughs> exactly. Like my parents, look, I think we covered this in the previous episode where my dad was like, as long as you don't date a black guy. But I do think that the reason our Asian parents are 
scared of us dating outside of our race. It's not so much a racism thing, like, oh, this, that. It's more so because, as you know, in Chinese families, when when we marry another person, it's two families marrying each other. So they're just as scared. They're like, oh my gosh, can our family relate to this foreign family? What if? There's this whole unknown and fear is of the unknown. So I think that is a factor for the whole, like, against interracial dating but i think most people in canada today like my sister is dating a or no she's married to or engaged to a woman from venezuela um, my brother philip he is married to a vietnamese girl and i'm with my caker husband so <laughs> modern family canada. <laughs> okay and uh leonard you you speak about your your white wife um quite often in in your comedy how um how how are the views of um interracial dating in your family uh for the most part like my parents are like whatever as long as you know you're with a girl that makes you happy and she's asian whatever it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh no they were actually pretty good with it like i actually the first girl i ever brought home was asian and they didn't like her at all so i was mm. like all right i guess yeah. i have to bring home a white woman or something because that's how science works all right uh, so yeah no i just started bringing like honestly like for me my parents were cool with it and for me for me i was just like whoever's willing to let me see them make it like that's all that matters <laughs> well, the high standard <laughs> i mean that's it. it it can be hard to achieve sometimes it really is like back then look like this i'm going back to the hair that i used to have then like i had like my wife, the other day my wife was like, hey, you know, like you used to have long, like I was trying to figure out how to work this shit. And she was like, hey, you used to have long hair. How did you do it then? And I was like, I was a virgin for a long time. Okay. But Leonard, you can sing so well. Leonard, can you give everyone a sampling of, this oh. guy can oh, voice oh, to mend oh, the you know, shit just, out of a mic. Leonard can sing so well. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. no, you, you just sing, you just sing and a girl will be like drop trowel right there. Like, I don't know. I think you're being modest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm cooler now than I was then, Jen. Okay, right? was, okay. Like, like it, but it took it took a woman to love me before I re and it was a white woman. Like the first girl I ever had sex with was a white woman. She was Jewish, by the way. So you know, don't believe the stereotypes. Jewish people very generous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like my parents didn't care. There was one time I was dating a Lebanese girl. And my mom was like, you got to break up with her. And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about, mom? I was like, she's beautiful. She's smart. She's stunning to be a doctor. Like, she's the son you've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, you're right. She's very beautiful, very smart, very ambitious. So you, you will only be a disappointment. <laughs> That's all she was worried about. She didn't care. She didn't care that she was Lebanese. She was actually worried that, like, she would have... It would reflect badly on her that she raised this wow. not be able to keep up with this MD, PhD, like fucking yeah. super white, by the way, because I'm now a Canadian comedian. So like, there's no goddamn way I'm hooking up with like, I'm not like keeping up with an MD, PhD, but like, hey. <laughs> I, I feel that I feel the desire to not want to compete. I'm so glad to my brother every day for not getting into dental school because I dropped <laughs> out of college. And if he had become a dentist, I'd be fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you'd have like really free dental care. Yeah, yeah. As much as he doesn't like me telling people in in public all the time that he he didn't get into dental school, <laughs> uh, I'm still very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how many siblings do you have? 
I just have one older brother. Okay. And is he dating anybody? He is dating a white woman. Oh, yes. okay. And how do your parents feel about that? Diluting uh, well, the race. Sorry. <laughs> listen, my, uh, my, father's, my father's Chinese. My mother's white. Oh, okay. So, so it would be weird if there were boundaries at this point. <laughs> That'd be so funny. They're like, it worked for us, but you know what? No, you guys you can't will. do it. Look at the children we made. No we more. To no achieve more. a 50% Asian bloodline, and you will maintain that forever. So find <laughs> a happy Asian woman and propagate. Yeah. This <laughs> mixture. This is the perfect mixture we're going for. <laughs> a blend, a signature blend of the Chow family. A Cabernet uh, Asian. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you dating anybody right? Now? Well, I mean, there's a pandemic. No, but, uh, but what, I, in high school, uh, like like seven years ago, oh, I, seven. I, I, I was about I, to say I, like two years ago. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I felt like I would clarify it just in case. Uh, yeah. I dated I dated a black girl, and okay. yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, she was uh, impressed by my high uh, ACT, which is like the SAT, uh, <laughs> standardized testing scores. And so she then she went out with me and I tutored her. This is true. Wow. And then uh, and she would come over to my house after school and I would tutor her. And uh, and then after she got a good score, we broke up. Uh, what? Why? She left, Wait, she left, why? She left me after she got a good score. She oh, so she got what she wanted. She was like, I just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just with you for the knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use you for like the tutoring. You're going to teach me and I'm out. Honestly, I gave Oof. like, like a thousand, like over a thousand dollars of free tutoring uh, on that. <laughs> you know what? I respect her. <laughs> that feels, that, that feels like, a, that feels you know, like the don't, B story in a Hollywood movie. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, on the topic of, of, of dating, you know, like, like I mentioned, three of us are currently dating or married to white people, but have any of you dated Asians before? And, you know, th there are a lot of Asians I know who have a strictly won't date their own race policy for some weird reason. And do you think that people who won't date their own race, is that a form of internalized racism? I'll go to Leonard first. Um, if you refuse to date an entire race, that's racism. Plain and simple, like whether it's internalized, externalized, as racism. Uh, like, look, I look, I ha I happen to be married to a white woman, but like, if an Asian woman got there first that I was into, for sure, I would have married her. That's just how it is. It just so happens that it's a white woman. I didn't like exclusively date white women, you know. I uh, I'm just I'm not attracted to any one race more than another. Like the most attractive thing to me about any woman is consent. Like that's. <laughs> The only thing that really matters. Uh, so like oh. a toothless homeless woman comes up to you on the street and says, I consent to whatever. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Is, is 100%. She, I mean, I admire the confidence. I mean, that's another it thing. Is, I, it's a bold move. It's like the naked oh. man from Seinfeld. Like, exactly. On the street, but on the street to strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for how I met your mother. Naked man, the naked man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. been around. It's a trope. It's a trope. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I will say this, though. Like, as an Asian, I'm expected to be with an Asian woman. And I just hate doing anything I'm expected to do, which explains my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, like, avoid Asian women. Like I said, I dated Asian women. I've had sex with Asian women. That doesn't make this better. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it just happens I, you know, fell in love and married a white woman. 
That's be it. honest, Leonard. Just be honest. You like the white poontang better. Like, what <laughs> oh. was it? The apple bottom ass. You know, okay. I will. You know what? I, was it okay. the pink nips? Is it, the pink titties? It, what is, is it? it? The rapid onset aging. You know what is weird? <laughs> this is gonna be. This is gonna sound really weird. And I had I had sex with an Asian woman, and I had I had been dating white women prior to this. I had sex with an Asian woman, and I was just like, you know what? This is weird, but this feels like home. Oh my gosh. Oh. And home is where the trauma is. <laughs> That's you. All right. uh, speaking of home, my Roomba's starting. I'm going to go turn them off for a second because I have robots cleaning my house. That's the, where I live. Hold on. That's... That's so Chinese. <laughs> so for so so for me, it's it's interesting. Like um, with the internalized racism thing, I, I think it's it's different with gay men because if you look at a mirror or you look at photos of people who look like you and you have zero attraction to that, I don't know how that doesn't speak on you just your own self confidence of whether you think <laughs> you are attractive. Um, okay. So I, I, I do. My pandas don't have don't breed in captivity. They're like we all look the same. <laughs> yeah, look at her. It's like looking in a mirror. I don't want to. <laughs> and you know, I was I was pretty lucky as far as uh, as far as dating. Like my my parents never really commented on the race of my boyfriends. Um, they were actually quite 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 supportive. I think um, I think I was lucky because I'm the youngest of five, and I do think with my sisters, my three sisters, when they were dating, my parents probably had more opinions. But by the time they got to me, uh, probably dating men was the it was the bigger discussion point than whether they were all white or Asian. Um, Wait, what color are the penises that you're engaging with? That's the most important thing. Yeah. I, I, I think like uh, it would probably have been rougher if you were like the first child, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think with with my parents, I give them a, a leeway, I give youngest. them a, I give them a lot of credit because they came over here and they were really holding on to their old old values, um, probably for for the first you know decade that they were here. And you know, lucky for me, my older sisters <laughs> fought those battles for me. And by the time I, I came um, I came through, they were they were kind of worn down. So uh, <laughs> I, was, I, guess I was able whatever. to just walk through that door of uh, I guess it's like the um, the uh, the the uh, youngest child privilege um yeah i definitely didn't have to have to go through a, a lot of that trauma um but so um uh, let's get back to the question of the um you know wh what does it mean if somebody's unwilling to date their own race let's go to sebastian i mean it's a bit of a leading question like it's obviously racist because it's a racial distinction that they're making uh although there is like i've heard some people say like oh i'm just not attracted to people of that race and it's like and and it's an involuntary thing so you know it's like how could you call me racist for something involuntary yeah and i you have to I, examine why why yeah. are they not attracted you to that to race who is responsible for mm -hmm. that how where did that come from right mm -hmm. Which I, guess, like if, yeah. I guess if someone is subconsciously racist but they're like aware and they're like consciously not being like being unracistifying you know like kind of when uh like a white person talks to talks to a minority and they're like they're like they're trying to counteract the negative negative uh, first impression that they might have if they're racist <laughs> like like if they see somebody crossing the street of another race and they don't they don't they've got a negative reaction in their head they're like oh i'll i'll cross the street then they're like no that's racist i'll stay <laughs> i'll stay no, like, here's an interesting thing like i've never and then we mug them yeah <laughs> i've that's never crossed like look if 
it's all for me. It's all based on like my personal experience, right? Like that's how I'm gonna base this. On. I'm not gonna base it on like what people have told me or gonna happen, whatever. If I'm walking down the street and on one side there's a group of black guys, and on another side there's a group of white guys, but they're all holding clipboards. I'm 100% going to the black guys because those guys have never harassed me, okay? But the white guys with clipboards will fuck me every single time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So, Vong, you joke? were... I don't think that it's necessarily racism. Like, have you guys watched that movie Waiting to Exhale starring Whitney Houston? Okay, <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, a, lo- a long time ago. <laughs> no, but there's a scene where... Um, the theme of like black men dating white women and not black women was a huge thing in this movie. Mm. And uh, Angela Bassett's husband in the movie leaves her for his white secretary and she burns his clothes, a famous scene where she sets fire to his car and his clothes. And then there's another friend who has a falling out with this black boyfriend. And he says to her, and you wonder why we don't date black women because y'all are crazy, blah, 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 blah. So there's obviously this internalized stereotype that, black men have about black women and that Chinese guys or Chinese girls, Asian people have about their own race. And for me, it was never like I've dated tons of Chinese guys. Like my first love was Chinese long-term boyfriends were Chinese. Um, But I felt growing up that in my head, Chinese guys, at least the ones that I really liked never liked me back because I, I guess I learned that, they didn't like girls that wore a lot of makeup. They didn't like chubby Chinese girls because, you know, that was not feminine or in the mold of a precious, delicate Asian female, which brings us to our next topic later. But I don't think it's a, it's necessarily a race thing so much as a preference thing. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not saying they're all like that. It just seems, oh, I've noticed this coincidence where I tend to attract a certain type of guy and not Asian guys. But I do get pissed off. I do. Sorry, Leonard. I don't know why. And I'm admitting this, but I, for the longest time, it always irked me when I saw like a Chinese guy with a white girl, because I think I've known a few Chinese guys that Mm. only date white girls and they have this fucking like, I'm better than everyone else attitude. Ooh, I scored a white girl. I'm unique now. I'm a unicorn. I'm like above Mm. it. I don't need your little chinky ass. I don't know. They just had this attitude. (laughs) Leonard, I, I have a feeling you're kind of one of those. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You're not. You dated Asian girls, but you married a white woman. You see, it's such a double standard. I don't know why I get so upset. I don't know why I get so upset when there's so many freaking Chinese girls with white guys. But for some reason, when the Asian guy goes for the white girl, I don't know why I get a little bit like, oh. Mm. You know what? I will say this. I will say this. Hey, <laughs> never thought that. Never was like, oh, I'm better. Right? Because I'm dating a white woman. Like, I've achieved the impossible. I've climbed Everest. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, there is definitely, like, a cultural thing where I was just like, yeah, it's nice to have, like, a a woman who has opinions and is going to, like, yell at me and shit. And I don't have to do everything because I feel, and again, this is completely... Oh man, I'm just gonna be racist now. Fuck. Okay. Do, uh, do it. Do it. I, no, I guess. I guess that's where. Be honest. Yeah. The path has always led there. Let's be. When I've dated Asian women, like it's always been like, oh, like I feel like I've had to do a lot more for them. Ah, uh, yeah, that is mm-hmm. true. You know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. I. And you know what? Yeah. And and maybe yeah, I should. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Asian guys too. They want me to cook. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not your. <laughs> I, I'm not your maid. Yeah, I don't want anybody to cook for me. I want somebody to be like, you know what? Fuck you. I have my own life. 
And I was like, cool, I have my own life. And let's just live our own lives and then be witnesses to each other's lives and then just talk about the end of the day. That's it. That's all I wanted. And it's like, it just so happened, it was a white woman who was like, I'm down with that arrangement. Let's do that. If there was a, an Asian woman who was down for that, I would have been down for that. It was a black I don't care what race they are. Yeah. All right. I just, this, I knew what kind of life I wanted. I just, I didn't want to have to be there killing spiders for shit. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking like spiders. All right. I don't want to be the one I have to do this shit. I don't, like, I, I don't want somebody with opinions. You know, I mean, you got opinions, Jennifer. So that, you know what? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think for me, it's it's not about like preference. Like if somebody has a preference for different races, I think, you know, that, that could totally be a thing. Like for me, I'm not going to say that I don't have a type, but for me, my type, almost sort of like an artist, I'll get inspired by something. So I'll go through phases like I went through like you know, an Asian dating phase, a white guy dating phase, a, you know, a, I went through like a chub chaser phase, usually in the winter when I'm cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so resourceful. So Asian of you, actually. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, this, is, this is how you know. Like, you know. I can't afford in, uh, heating. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then in, in the summer, you have to dump them because like they won't. They won't. They get sweaty and the fat rolls are so sweaty. <laughs> oh, no, but- and it stinks like schmegma. Okay. This is so much worse yeah. than racism. Yeah. No, but like but, I can't even. <laughs> people of every race are going to bound together. <laughs> no, but okay. So the so the issue is, you know, it's great dating a chunkier person in the winter for cuddling. But then what happens in the summer is that they won't cuddle you as long because they overheat. And like I need to be cuddled, and they have like a time limit. And you know, wait, wait, it's, how it's long do you need to be cuddled? What's the and this is like just in general yeah. cuddling or post coital cuddling for both. But for me, like all like I'm the type Aww. who I want to be with somebody who will cuddle me to sleep, and okay. then Aww. and then when we wake up in the middle of the night, if we've like uncoupled, then like we like make our way back to each other. Yeah. And I know this sounds like really needy, which is weird. No, it's like, sweet. <laughs> I love cuddling. This is why I'm dating a white woman. By the way. This is exactly what I don't need. Uh, but just out of curiosity. Like, have you found that this, like, cuddling breaks down on racial lines in any way, shape, or form? Like, have you dated an Asian? You're like, they don't fucking cuddle. Yeah, no. Asians don't tend to. It's weird. Like, people people my age, I don't think we cuddle as much because, like, we're, like, we're cuddling, but we're, like, also got our phones, like, trying to, like, watch a video or something. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it, to me, it didn't break down racial lines. It honestly more broke down body type lines because okay. of like, the oh, over, that, that's really because of like the, the overheating issue. It, yeah, it, really, it really does. Um, yeah. So, so for me, it's not about the preferences for me, where I think it's an issue is if somebody has like a hundred percent, I will not date my own race. I, I do think there, there, there is mm. something going on in there. Yeah, um, so, you know, moving, moving on to this. So, um, uh, you know, the, the next angle we'll tackle, um, is, you know, not just about dating within our own race, but how the Asian race is viewed, um, as, as far as, as dating goes. So, you know, um, in Hollywood, you know, Asian men have been, have been demasculated over time. So let's sort of get into how like Asian men have been demasculated and how Asian women have been been have been fetishized and how that's affected your dating life let's first start with leonard i mean it hasn't affected me (laughs) not to brag but it's been all right uh 
But I know it's a real problem. Like I have friends, uh, Asian friends, who have had more problems with women, and that's something they will they will point to as an issue. Like they're like, you know, Hollywood has demasculated us. You know, we're, you know, most of the time in Hollywood, like the white people are the heroes, right? Like the Asians are the mm-hmm. villains. Like it has been changing a little bit as of late. And I will say it's nice that Hollywood's letting Asians play Asians. So that is a step forward. <laughs> <laughs> and frighteningly, like recent. Like within the last like fifty years, is oh, Doctor Strange like twenty sixteen? Yeah, I, I I do think there's a bit of a ways to go because it's still half white Asians playing oh, yeah. Asians because they don't want the um the Asian centric features. Like they I don't do want find the full bush. Yeah. yeah, like 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 I found that in in a lot of movies um where like with Crazy Rich Asians, a lot of Asians felt like the two leads weren't um weren't attractive to Asians. They were like the type of Asians that are attractive to white people as mm. opposed to being attractive mm. to Asians. Yeah. You need like a K-pop lead, like with the fucking hair, like... Yeah, yeah. Like which, they, I, which, by the way, I'm totally a victim to like white standards because I'm like, I don't understand that hair at all. <laughs> if I'm getting there. I'm going to have to enjoy it and understand it. But like, I don't... I don't my, my hair doesn't do that shit either. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. I, I got to go to like an Asian barber. Like going on, you know? But... You're totally right. Like Henry, he has a British accent. Like he's like, oh, wow. you, you were a colonizer, my friend. I know he's so white. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, based on the amount of money they had, and of course they were the colonizers in that movie. Like, I mean, obviously. Um, but yeah, like I, Hollywood has not helped in any way, shape, or form. Like they've they, they deliberately demasculated Asians. Like back in the 1920s, like the most pop, like this, the biggest sex symbol in Hollywood, in the golden age of Hollywood, was a man named Sesu Hayakawa. He was like this Asian sex symbol. And like white women were like, yeah, we want to fuck that dude. And then the white men were like, oh no, we don't like that. Because it made, whatever Hollywood says people, says is sexy, that's what people say. Yeah, that's what we want. Mm. So white women want to fuck this dude. And it got to the point where like white men were like, oh, we got to stop this. So they started passing laws. Like, and that's how you know somebody doesn't like you. Like, that's how you know when they start passing laws. All right. So they were like, uh, we, you can't, you're not allowed um, uh, miscegenation. I think that was the name. Yeah. You're not allowed to have interracial relationships. Like, they banned that. And then wow. they were like, Asian men are not allowed to do men's work in a way, like, literally to demask, like, emasculate us. Right. Be like, you're not allowed to do men's work. You're only allowed to do women's work, whatever the hell that is. I'm sure women's work is actually way tougher. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, you're all going to give birth. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do something like that. That's, that's crazy. I don't have a vagina. It'd be so hard. It'd be very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Uh, and then they made a rule um, that, yeah. And, oh, and so none of that worked, by the way. They're like, because you know, when white women want something, they're going to get it. Yeah, what I've learned like mm. that. It's a strange and mystical power. The whole strange mystical power. And then they started a rumor. They started a rumor that Asians had small dicks and oh, that's God. that worked. I don't think it's a rumor. <gasps> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's oh, true, no. Leonard. <laughs> look, look, I've had big dicked Asians, okay? But you know how Tell rumors- me more. Tell me more about these big dicked Asians. Yeah. Oh, they they were big and uncircumcised. Do you have like a diagram? So maybe the extra skin helped. I don't know. No, what I'm trying to say is, look, it starts as obviously things, stereotypes start as a few people notice a correlation. 
I'm not saying it's a fact, but they notice some kind of correlation and there is some kind of study by some racist professor that shows that yeah, yeah. racist yeah. what we lack in penis size, we make up in brain mass. So like, which would you rather have? I mean, really? But the truth that's, is that's, that's a really hard decision. That is so first of all, super racist women. Okay. Women look, women don't even like big cocks. We just like something that bigger than a tampon is fine. Okay. That's your that standard, is, a tampon. I'm just saying, like I those are those come in different sizes too. Yeah. I have a heavy flow dick. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Uh, look, I love my Chinese men. I'm just saying, yeah, some of them have really tiny dicks. Like I looked at the 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 dicks of my friends' babies that are Chinese babies. They're babies! Compared to my what, half white babies. What, and what my kind kids of had bad a bit male of a bigger dick. Is. So I don't know if that's there have been, there, you know first what, okay. of all, why? How many baby dicks are you experiencing? Because this is this is another problem. My I friend. had a lot of moms. How do penis work? Tell me. Had kids like yeah. Oh, this is a like, Cristalia thing going yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. You know what? No, 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 no. I'll... Asians. Okay, Asians have big dicks. Asians have big dicks. Hey, no, that's what, that's saying. that's a way to satisfy the audience. <laughs> Show us that's your dick. Yeah, Open you know with that. Maybe, that's also the closing statement. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll know. maybe I'll jump in here because I feel like in in this. You must see more dicks than any of us. Yeah, I feel like I've got like the biggest sample size of seeing of seeing dicks. Um, not just from like having sex with people, but just being in like I play a lot of sports, so being in a lot of locker rooms. And I feel like when dicks are erect, I feel like the races are pretty even. But I do think mm. the unerect penis is different. Like, I do think um, the, like, okay, so, like, when I've had sex with, with black guys, I, when it gets erect, it doesn't get much bigger than it is when it's ah, unerect. Whereas with Asians, it, yeah, it kind of huge starts thing. off smaller, but then when it gets erect. So I don't know if, listen, this is a sample size. It's cultural. Of why. It's cultural. <laughs> Asians, you know, we don't want to brag, <laughs> but when we need to, we're like, look. We're extremists. May, That's maybe Genghis is. Khan was a grower because it, it didn't get in the way of riding horses so much and he was able to conquer the world. Hey. And he is, is throughout so much of Asia, that's why there, there's more growers. <laughs> yeah, yeah most of us have Genghis Khan DNA. That, that dude was prolific. Yeah. yeah so, I do that a lot of uh, Me Too moments. <laughs> so, um, can we, Vaughn, can yeah. we talk about the fetish, fetishization, fetish, fetishization you said it, you said of, correctly. did I? Okay, of Asian women? Because yeah, absolutely. I think we should all talk about the fact that, you know, there is this image of Asian women to be passive, demure, delicate little flowers. And a lot of men. Yeah, you're dispelling that myth, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I set to dispel these myths and stereotypes. A lot of men, okay, be it white or Asian or whatever, are attracted to that, not so much because of necessarily our almond-shaped eyes and our silky black hair and our <laughs> tiny little bodies or whatever. It's more so because it's the sense of power. And mm. you can really trace that back to in the Tang Dynasty, like less than a century ago, how the torturous practice of foot binding mm. like this didn't start from like white men or black men saying yeah Fetish, let's fetishize fetishes. asian women it started with our own culture they binded women's feet to about three to four inches because to the asian man apparently touching a woman's foot of that small size would like just give him this asphyxiating like erection and ejaculation mm. like oh my god a woman that can't go anywhere that is completely mine Ugh! like i don't know but that's a theory and so 
this was carried through for generations and generations. And obviously that passes down to history. And I think the reason why Asian women today are still kind of seen as like these, these little, like little girls that need to be rescued. And I do have a theory about white men that only target Asian women. Like to me, that's like a weird fucking fetish. I dated a guy who only dated Asian women and it was weird. I felt like he was a serial killer and I was like one on his list. But my theory is that these guys, you know, like Asian women don't seem to age and we have the bodies of little boys. I feel like they're just like pedophiles looking for a loophole. <laughs> you know, or like pedophiles looking for a tighter loophole. <laughs> yeah. So as look, as men here, Sebastian Vong, as men, are we attracted to hooves? Is that <laughs> the thing that we like? Do we like hooves? Not not really. I mean, yeah. uh if if the, the oh, like the pedicure it. expenses are like would be through the roof. You'd need to be at the podiatrist like every day. You'd have like yeah, a but I mean, if you fuck horses, then you'd. Be <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's it, probably not. It feels like horse, a very... I, I think the horse people are into horses. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking horses really seems like a white privilege. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Horse. It's that equestrian connection, Leonard. Hey, I used to be an equestrian. I dated a woman who was a dressage champion. Yeah, she was white. Okay, you were so privileged that. just by right? virtue of the women you dated. hundred oh, percent. No, no question. Privilege. Yeah, no you question. Know, you know, it's kind of interesting with the with the whole view of Asian men and the emasculation of Asian men and also the um, the fetishization of Asian women, because as a gay man, I feel like I've had to deal with both of these because, mm -hmm. you know, in the gay community, they do feel like like there's this Asian stereotype of like Asians are, you know, the more demure, like we're all bottoms that we sort of give in um, to what like the dominant white guy wants from us. But then also we are fetishized just like Asian women where there is a subset of people in the gay community called rice queens, generally white guys who only date Asians. And it is really weird. Like I've, I've always had a policy where I won't date somebody who only dates Asians because it's, it's almost like they don't treat you like a real person. Like you're this disposable thing. And most of them go through like the entire gay Asian community. Like you'll just see these rice queens. They'll just go through like one by one by one, your friends list. And you're just like, this is just, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like none Suddenly of everybody got committee from the same. Yeah, but maybe, maybe white people date Asian people or other minorities as like a beard for their racism. Kind of like how people <laughs> shop at the gap. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know what if you like oh, when we're fetishized it feels like we're an xbox achievement yeah <laughs> right like and, and look it's not been as bad for me like i know that there's been moments when i've been fetishized i'm like i welcome this but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my like, time I, has come but it's bad it's not great like I, I had a friend she was um she's a black woman and she was she was on tinder and most of the time on tinder she's dating white guys and then one time she was hooking up with a white guy and he like ran her hands through her hair and she's like, I've always wanted to run my fingers through a black girl's fro. Oh, oh my good lord. So gross, right? So yeah. obviously she broke up with him, disgusting, right? And yeah. I was thinking like, man, that sucks. You know, like how would I react? Like if somebody, like if some white woman was like, yeah, I've always wanted to suck a tiny Asian dick. I would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> I gotta be honest. I will like, make your dreams come true, but like, fuck. <laughs> When you hear the transcript of things said in the moment, they're always like that, though. They're always horrible. They're never good. 
Yeah, but it comes from somewhere, right? Like, because it's in the moment. If it's in the moment and you're saying something bad, that's so much worse, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because it's like, yeah. you know, this is the exactly truth. what you meant. This is this yeah. is truth. This is what you believe. This is what you wanted to say. Like, because, you know, if you're if you're speaking off the cuff, it's not, you know, I mean, some people could lie off the cuff, but like most people are going to say what they really feel. Mm-hmm. Never trust an improviser. No. Well, that's why I'm happy that I'm my husband's first Asian. Like, basically, oh. I popped his cherry <laughs> blossom or he popped well, mine or whatever. Cherry. <laughs> cherry. <laughs> no, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'm not Japanese. But, like, he dated, like, United Colors of Benetton. I don't know what he's doing, trying to co- collect, like, the UN flag. But, no, I'm pretty sure David's not. Like, my husband isn't racist at all. But, you know, sometimes when... God, I don't know about you, Leonard, but sometimes like just culturally, when you're married to a white person, there are things that really stand out as differences between your races and just like, like, for instance, like mother-in-laws, right? Like an Asian mother-in-law will help you and do all these things and fuss around. And I used to think that was good because I wanted a mother-in-law to help me after the birth of my baby. But then I saw like my Chinese friends who are married to Chinese guys and their mother-in-laws were like annoying as fuck. And I was like, I'm glad I have a white mother-in-law that just kind of like kicks back and like respects my privacy and space. Mm. But then I wish I had my own mother because my own mother is that kind of doting, helpful mother. Like she's not a bitch. So maybe it's just personal. Yeah, I mean, that is that was a huge difference. Like integrating into like a white family. Yeah, like the customs, how they do things. So different. Just like, like I show what? up, they hug me. I'm like, what the fuck? You hug? This is a thing? Oh, yeah. right. White people hug. By the way, my mother-in-law literally named Karen. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Her name is Karen. Loveliest woman. I love her See? so much. But she's a Karen. Not hashtag yeah. not all Karens. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I, I think no. with like the family integration and the different things like I remember. So when I first came out, I, I did date mainly, mainly white guys, mainly Mennonite farmers for some weird reason. Um, uh, just it's, it's like a Winnipeg thing because um, they were like the only gays <laughs> who didn't like drink or smoke or do crack. Um, and I don't do any of those things. So it was I don't know. It, it was uh, it was a match made in heaven. But then when I. Then the reverse of that, then I only dated Asians for a while because I sort of felt like, you know, even if you sit down and you talk and and the white guy, like they really want to learn as much as possible. Sometimes you just get tired of explaining things like sometimes mm-hmm. you just need somebody mm-hmm. to like understand without you know, and like my boy, boyfriends, I've been lucky, like they've been, you know, I've dated some social workers, so they're like really open but sometimes I just don't even have the energy. Like I just, I just need you to know what I'm talking about, which sounds really bad. So then I went through a phase of like, okay, um, just doing that. And then I, you know, I've sort of balanced yeah. out since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the- but that comes from like a whole bunch of different things. It's all, I mean, part of it is cultural, but like, especially because of me, like I grew up in Canada. So like my culture, while my home culture was Asian, I was surrounded by Western culture. Mm-hmm. My wife, wasn't allowed to watch TV when she was a kid. So I'm like talking about growing pains and shit. She's like, I never seen that. I was like, family ties? Nope, nothing. So we have like, you know, we don't actually have like a cultural understanding based on like cultural references. Like I will mention the Simpsons because of my generation, like we just talk in Simpsons quotes and like Um, she doesn't get any of them. Yeah. Like indoor shoes. (laughs) 
like I, 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 I had uh, no, no shoes indoors, but I can't even fathom why you would want to wear shoes indoors anyway. Like I know, yeah, I think it's gonna attract dirt everywhere. Or something. It's like you're not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents had a cat, and they made the like they would make the cat wipe its feet. Before we come back inside, very smart. <laughs> so very just smart. keep the cat. Just don't let the cat the out. The most adorable that. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's it's funny when when I introduce my 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 current boyfriend to my family. <laughs> I think like the most interesting thing between both of us meeting each other's families was. I was really surprised when I met his family and his friends because they were like really supportive and they wanted the relationship to succeed. Like they were just overwhelmingly supportive when they first met me. And so when he met my family, I had to give them a heads up. I was like, they're not here to support you. They're here to vet you. Like <laughs> they are going to throw shit at you to see if you're worth their son so like don't th like this whole welcome wagon that your side has given me like don't like no that's that's not how it is and it's the same thing when when i meet my friends as um boyfriends or girlfriends for the first time i'm not nice i'm like i'm I have yourself, my, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm I don't know you. I'm here to protect my friend. And if yeah, you're crazy, yeah. I'm gonna be like you're a crazy bitch. So yeah. yeah. The you gotta put up the gauntlet, yeah. right? To be worthy. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you can't just be like, oh, welcome, welcome. You got to be like, eh, no, no, just, no, no, no. Just to make sure that if the relationship lasts, they hate you. And then it strains <laughs> your relationship <laughs> forever. Yeah, so <laughs> just just sort of closing out this this idea of interracial dating, and we'll go to, to Sebastian first here. Um, we, we sort of touched upon it earlier about um, how Asians are depicted in media. And, you know, what I sort of want to ask you is, do you think enough has changed from how we've been depicted in the past? Like, are North American audiences ready to accept Asian male leads or female Asians who aren't just fetishized? Well, I think that we'll find out very soon because the new Marvel movie with uh, Simu, uh, mm. Simu Liu, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to find out how uh, commercially viable an Asian leading man is uh, because previously... Uh, I, I like there might have been like a lot of racism involved, but I know that if there's they're sinking like a hundred million dollars into a movie and they have to choose an actor for the lead, and test audiences are, you know, in America it's going to be mostly like the majority is going to be white, white mm. men like to this kind of movie, so they're going to respond better to a white man white male lead than to an Asian male lead, so it would be very difficult to convince whoever I was trying to convince to invest in this movie that they should choose the suboptimal uh, test audience response. Yeah. So oh, I, keep going. I, Sorry. I feel like that really has held back the, uh, the, the progression of Asian male leads. Uh, and, but we'll see like if this Marvel movie, and I don't remember the, <laughs> I don't remember the title of it. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, the Ten Rings. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if Asians turn out for it, like, uh, like black people did for black Panther, like a whole movement, then I think it would mm -hmm. prove the com the completely the commercial viability of an Asian male lead. However, I, I I'm not like you're not convinced, I, eh? No, I'm not convinced. We don't have like a big cultural movement like that, and we're, plus we're a disparate groups. So we're not all Chinese. Yeah, and COVID isn't helping the situation these days. <laughs> no, not at all. But 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 in it's general, people are going to come out to see a Marvel movie. You know, like regardless of race, like people people went out to see Black Panther. Yes, more black people went to go see it. But it's a Marvel movie. It's part of the thing, you know? Like, that's why this is so big. 
mm-hmm. I feel like it's so yeah. big because it's like they're putting an Asian in a franchise. But, but you see, like they kind of made that movie feel like a cultural statement, even though it was like clearly just to make money. But like, exa- they, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly that's why they exist. But yeah. they still it's like a touchstone yeah. for the culture. Yeah. And, you know, we don't really have that. I mean, yeah. but when Crazy Asians, Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians came out, like everybody came out to go see that. Like yeah. all the people came out yeah. to see that. Like people were like, you got to go like all my. Yeah. Age. You had like white people going to see that. A lot of. And you had white because it, mm-hmm. it was a good rom-com and it was funny. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, because like it's all about telling universal stories with spe- like with different specific details, right? And the more specific the details are, the more universal it can be. Like that's like the the, the crux of. That's the reason. That, that's what we're here for, honestly, as artists. Like all of us. Like we should be really bringing the specifics to our art, and then telling stories that are universal. And that's how you bring everybody into our experience. And we understand, like, yeah, we're all the same. You know, whatever. Even if we're like a fucking fucking martial artist superhero. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. It's 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 kind of interesting with with uh, the Shang Chi situation because because uh, Simu Liu, he came out and said that when he was cast, he had never been told in his life so much how unattractive he was like basically people were just coming out saying so I do think there is something to what Sebastian's saying where people are just you know have been programmed for for years to think that Asians aren't attractive Simu Liu was told he was unattractive he's so hot yeah like you just have to fight through the initial pushback but that might cost profits in the short term uh and I you know so it would be understandable why they'd be reluctant to try a project like that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think yeah. my I think my issue with it is like you know Hollywood has always given this excuse of like oh if we don't put somebody known with a name to lead a film then it can't make money which you know I I totally get like you know that's why you can say with Scarlett Johansson or something but I've seen movies where you know like The Last Airbender or The Chosen One where it's literally like a baby and they're casting an unknown anyway and they still cast a white person so I was like Mm -hmm. how much Mm -hmm. box office draw is that unknown ass little kid gonna bring to this movie versus an Asian one so I do The Last Airbender was just a tragedy because it was like (laughs) such an amazing cartoon and they just fucked up the movie so bad it yeah. was so yeah. bad well, I mean, well it was just a bad movie yeah. it wasn't yeah i don't know i i think it is changing vong a little bit like very yeah. very slowly i mean if you look back to hollywood who was the first movie star asian male it was bruce lee okay and um, when i was in beijing working as an anchor i interviewed uh, Rob Cohen, the guy who directed and created the Bruce Lee story, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. And in that movie, played by Jason Scott Lee, very hot Asian guy. He also played Mowgli in The Jungle Book. Um, in the movie, it basically talks about how he was, uh, how producers were trying to depict him in all these martial arts movies. Mm. And he faced a lot of racism, of course. Bruce Lee, as we know, married a white woman. So hmm, join the club, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I think it's just like that's why he's my hero. <laughs> but what he's, what he he's did? Really an inspiration. He is. <laughs> but what what he did was he showed that like, come on, being a fighter, like fighting off villains, like. But you know, like that shows strength. Like that is a position of power. And yet he was typecasted to like martial arts. And then suddenly martial arts was this strictly Asian thing. And for a long time, you look at Jackie Chan, Jet Li, like 
all Asians were doing in Hollywood was being like ninjas and Kung Fu fighters and karate, like whatever, like that was our niche. That was our space. And it has expanded because if you look at movies today, you have, you know, Randall Park, John Cho, in Star Trek, in that movie, Searching, John Cho's in that where he plays a concerned father. There's no martial arts. Look, there's no rom- romance or kissing either. But at least we're moving in a direction where we're telling like, I don't know, Asian American stories. We're being seen as not just this two-dimensional character. So mm. it's going to take a long friggin' time. But I think we're finally maybe at the entranceway to that, hopefully. We'll see, man, because like, look, I was trying to pitch a show for a long ass time because like every single interracial relationship that we've seen on, on screen with an Asian male lead, uh, it's, the, the relationship has never really worked out. Oh, no. Well, if you're talking about East Asian, but uh, what's that uh, comedian's name? Kumai Sunja. Kumail Nanjiani? Yes, sorry, I can't pronounce his name. He's in this new movie on Netflix called Lovebirds with Issa Rae. And he was oh. also in his own autobiographical movie with his wife, and that obviously worked out. So Okay, yes. That was okay. So yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's that. But there's not a lot. You're right. Not oh, mainstream. Not like with like, you know, with like East Asia specifically, like Kimmy Schmidt, that was a thing. But then like the name of the character was Dong, and they made a lot of dick oh. jokes, so that's a problem. Yeah. And then you had uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, but and then the the love interest in there was Asian, but like they that didn't work out mostly because she was crazy in the title and then uh walking dead that's like the gold the gold glenn, standard glenn that best character gone. the best uh, when they killed him in the comics i couldn't keep watching <laughs> yeah of course white guy kills him <laughs> brutal uh yeah so yeah. none of this has worked out like what i want to see i want to see like an everybody loves raymond mm. You know, like, it's just like, they're married and no, it's fine. Yeah. Married, they're fine. And we're dealing with these issues. And like an Asian male can be seen as a long, like a viable long-term love interest. Not just like, ah, you know, this is like a thing that we, it's like a plot point. No, this is the thing. This is what the story is, mm. you know? And I pitched that to every single network in Canada and I got reject, you know, all three. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, but I think it's important. You know, to have yeah. those stories, to see that, that, that sort yeah. of thing. Like they've had interracial relationships with marriages, with other relations beyond Asian. Yeah. Like they've had, like, happy endings. Like, I mean, I love Lucy, for God's sakes. Like, you know, if Hispanic and white. Mm. That was interracial. Mm-hmm. But, like, nothing with Asian males. Like, and I think it's just the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the culture is a huge part of it. And, like, the way the cultures mesh is a huge part of it. But just to show normal marriage stories, hmm. just, just to normalize it. Do you I think, think it's so important? I don't know. Do you think it's because, like, as an Asian guy, like, do you think culturally Asian men are just more reserved in general? And it's just like producers are thinking, well, who are we targeting? Like, everything's about demographics. So if they make like a movie with an Asian male lead, are they thinking, well, these Asian guys watching are going to be like, fuck it, we don't care? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there there some kind of psychology behind why are we marketing this to Asian guys when we know Asian guys, I don't know, stereotype 
might be saying to themselves, just care about money, video games, stock market, gambling. I don't know. <laughs> These are very bad. Like, I mean, I know a lot of white guys who care about money and video games and stock market. No, no, no. no. I know. No, no honestly, no. This is the thing. I feel like if, if, that's, if that's their thinking, yeah. then they just don't understand. They don't understand Asian 100% guys, is what's happening. They don't understand because they, they think don't. this is what Asians want. And it's like, no, we're all very, very different people. Like I mm. was told once by by somebody who runs a club, a comedy club, they're like, yeah, I don't want to book like more than like one Asian on a show because like then there's too many people talking about Asian stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is Asian? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, look, I have, yeah. like, I can talk about other things. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't. Asian stuff. No, because that's how they categorize us. They think exactly. that we have one voice, one type, one fucking chicken fried rice. Like that's. Exactly. Like they, they. <laughs> They but, narrow us down to food like that's. But here's the funny thing about this is that so when I when I did just for laughs, I didn't know who was on the lineup until like three days before. So like I assumed I was the only Asian and then they re they announced the lineups. Two other Asians on the show. I was like, oh, motherfucker. And now I was like, what am I going to talk about? How am I going <laughs> to Might as well be a theme like, show. Like, representation. <laughs> Fuck you. Because <laughs> but the reason for that is because I spent so much time carving out my career as the other. Yeah. A lot of my jokes are yeah. like, I could have an Asian bent because that's how I differentiate myself. That's how I sold it because that's how I could make my career work. Yeah. And now, you know, great. I'm happy. I'm but happy. That's, that it's sad. It shouldn't be that way. It but then I had to come up with different set lists. I was like, yeah. if I'm going third, I'm going to have to like change what I'm saying based on what these other people say because I can't repeat Asian tropes or whatever. And if I'm going first, fuck it, I'm burning everything. Fuck yeah, everybody. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny that you say that because with my career, like, I kind of felt that early on because I was more through like the, tr the traditional club scene. And when 99% of your audience are like straight white people, you do feel like you have to explain things. Yeah. Um, but honestly, now I very rarely do shows unless I'm on the poster. Like if if people aren't coming to specifically see me, then I'm not into it because for me, I'm not writing for white people. I'm not writing for whatever. I'm writing literally the person I'm thinking of when I'm writing are the are the people I grew up with. So I'm writing for like a predominantly Asian audience and anybody else who wants to come, just come. But like it, it takes a while for people to get they are in their career because if you're just playing clubs you do have to like explain yourself and honestly 15 years in i'm over <laughs> explaining myself i'm more like if, if if you don't understand you don't understand that goes for like my asian material you guys saw my game material on in january as well like i i ain't explaining it like there's either you're with parents it loved it or or, or, or parents are really into it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So I, I think that's like a, a good wrap up on the interracial dating. And, um, you know, one thing we're trying to do to make this show more cohesive is to have our movie review of the week kind of um, build on that same topic. Um, so our movie of the week this week is Romeo Must Die. Of course, classic. 90s action classic starring Jet Li and Aaliyah. I forgot there was DMX in here. And yeah. Anthony Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> so my first question here, and I'll, I'll start off with Leonard, is does it hold up and what aspects are dated and which things still hold up today? You know what? Okay, so a few things. First of all, okay, so it's essentially, it's Romeo, for those of people who haven't seen this movie, it's Romeo and Juliet, but Blacks and Asians. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> 
right off the bat. So like in any romantic comedy, you're gonna have the trope of the meet cute, right? The two love interests meet. And it's like, ooh, that's so cute. Uh, so basically, you have, uh, you know, Aaliyah jumps in. By the way, as a writer, I fucking, like, so first of all, movie, not great. The writing. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's not a good movie. All right. Sometimes things aren't classical. Like they're classics, but that doesn't mean they're good. They exactly. Just were, they just exactly. were then. They were then. It's classic <laughs> because of the age. It's not a good movie. It's not like, oh, it's a princess bride. No, it's a terrible movie. But it's horrible. The whole thing is built on coincidences, right? Like So like Aaliyah just happens to jump into a cab that Jet Li stole. And Aaliyah just happens to be you know, the, uh, the, the, the daughter of a gangster who is in business with Jet Li's father, you know, and then it just happens that that whole business deal that they're working on, you know, is falling apart because Jet Li's brother was murdered and Aaliyah just happens to be there to help him solve this murder. It's so fun. I hate these. Honestly, the, the cab meeting scene, I would, I would have erased that and just like had her see him like on television, like Con, extremely dangerous convict escapes or something. Hundred percent. I wish you had written this movie because whatever <laughs> what they did was awful. Oh my and, god. Yeah, and but like one of the so there's a few dated things like you also know, Akbar was the best like <laughs> cab driver name they could come up with. I know, right? So that's that's exactly that's it. Like that's like the first like the most racist. It starts off with just pure racism. You know, yeah. like he, she jumps into the cab, sees this Asian, and she's like, "Hey, is it true that in Hong Kong everybody knows kung fu?" It's like you can like break boards with your with your face and all that, right? Exactly. So so messed up. And well, then, like, like, uh, well, like, then he can't drive. Also, so yeah. the first like Asian driving, he he like drives like shit. He almost kills everybody. Like yeah, exactly. and, and most characters refer to him as dim sum for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. on on the anti black side, head. yeah, on the, head, which I, I had to look yeah. it up. I was like, what? Oh, I know that, that's a slur, but what does it yeah, mean? Yeah, it's, it's it's against Vietnamese people it for um, when they would drive jeeps over them. Yeah. Oh, one that's so horrible. That's yeah. where I remember it's a that slur. Trip. It's not like a kind name. Oh, it's not. It's not a good thing. Uh, but one of the other things I noticed because this movie was in two thousand, and I the thing and again this has nothing to do with race, but like I always notice any movie filmed before nine eleven, like how the world has changed. <laughs> so in this movie, like there's a scene where like these two gangsters meet in an airport. Right, because they're like, we're gonna meet in the airport because you gotta go through security. Therefore, we know nobody's gonna be armed. Very smart. But there's yeah. like ten of them at this meeting. It's like a thirty-second meeting. I was like, did all of you buy tickets to go somewhere? Like for this thirty-second meeting? Like you <laughs> Like this is an expensive meeting. This is thirty. I know you're gangsters and you're well off, but goddamn, that's as, you know seems like a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. You know when when he. Uh, the the black mob boss hands the the Chinese mob boss flowers, yeah. and then the Chinese mob mob boss is like, "Thanks, asshole!" And then he puts them on. He just like toss them on a chair and they walk yeah. away. But they do the thing where like like the black mob boss group leaves, and then the Chinese uh, group leaves. But there's only one exit, so they have to go down the same hallway after they say goodbye. <laughs> I, I would have loved a scene if they were like, "All right, goodbye, goodbye," and they all just be on. <laughs> And he's like, he's, he's like, he just threw my flowers on the chair. And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, he's he's walking, he's right behind us. Oh, oh they're just all on the escalator, just going up like. <laughs> yeah, so it it sort of sounds like you're in agreement with a lot of what Leonard's saying. I'm um, Sebastian. How what are oh, what are uh, your yeah. overall thoughts about the movie? Uh, it it it's not a it's not a great movie. Like, there's nothing really popping about this film. Like, <laughs> soundtrack is good. The soundtrack, yeah. It, yeah. it exists. 
it's like the, like it's it's not bad like in the credits you got dmx and everything so it's good uh <laughs> but it's weird like there's uh there's not a lot of care taken to the details in this movie and this is this is pretty nitpicky but like in the opening there's a club and there's just a chinese guy uh, hanging out and then he, he he gets into a fight with a with the black guys who run the bar who run the club so he has to he uh, and his crew like karate chop everybody uh and so the Here's the the Asian people. They know kung fu, mystical kung fu, and then uh, black people just own guns. Uh, but the Chinese people also own guns. Um, so there's a little bit of an imbalance. And then okay, so there's a like a Mexican standoff where the Chinese guy has his his uh, foot on the neck of a black guy, and then a bunch of other black guys have their guns pointed towards his head. And then hmm. and then the other Chinese guys roll up and pull out guns and they point them at the black guy who's unarmed and already has a foot on his neck instead of the guys with guns. And hmm. it's, there's a lot of details that are a little little hairy with this. Good policing. Well, yeah. you guys and, are. Yeah. Am, am, am I supposed to? I, I know you didn't rewatch the movie. So this is a little. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I rewatched um, it. I rewatched it. Yeah, I, I like, totally I rewatched it. Yeah. And, okay. So, and plus, so fucked up. I, I, I've had a lot of roommates straight from China. Uh, or like who literally just, and I'm, I'm supposed to believe now that there's a, a group of, uh, of black people using racial slurs against Chinese people. And these people straight from China are not going to say something racist. It's highly out of character, I think. Oh, they, they were pretty racist. They called them the blacks for the whole that's, movie. Listen, <laughs> that's not, that's not even a slur. It's just like a word that could be like. Well, you know, it's like when people when people think, call like the gays or the blacks or them. Yeah, I, I, I it do was meant in well. kind of a generalization, oh. derogatory term. Like, I, I know, like I know they couldn't because, like, obviously, it's you can't say that in America, but you can say zipperhead on a film, and that's fine. Uh, like, <laughs> oh gosh, just, that one's not, really. Not, not a, we, we should review <laughs> Platoon next. Um, Platoon for no, sure. Is is that a Vietnam movie? Yeah, it is. I feel like it's kind of in context then. Like it didn't I think really I think Charlie there. Charlie Sheen is in that movie. But I think we're overanalyzing Romeo Must Die. I think people made the film because they thought, what's hot right now? Martial arts and hip hop. Let's just jumble the two up together. Uh, the reviews confirm what you guys think about the movie. It got like 33% on Rotten Tomatoes and Roger Ebert, the uh, renowned critic, gave it like 1.5 out of five stars. <laughs> And I think you guys are talking about like um, the fight scenes, like Jet Li is amazing, but they kind of stole that away with the ridiculous CGI graphics. I, I have, I have one like... final gripe. It's it. There's a, there's a scene mm -hmm. where Jet Li has to fight a woman, but he's like, Oh, I'm an honorable <laughs> man. So I can't fight a woman. <laughs> so in, instead he uses Aliyah's limp body to, as a blunt force object to beat this Chinese woman to death. Oh my she God. Actually dies. Wow. I, I thought it was very innovative. <laughs> yeah. Dated. That's, a, that's like, that's like no Louis, that's like Louis CK saying, I'm not going to jack myself off. So I'm just going to like hold the arm of this woman and do it for me or hold a guy. I don't know. Oh, it's, the, it's, it's one a, of those. It's a yeah, Dutch yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the, uh, the, the fight scene equivalent of the Dutch runner. Yeah. Or like using a puppet. So it's yeah. not really me. No, the movie was awful. I think we can all agree the movie. <laughs> no, was awful. no, no, we don't agree. I feel oh, you like, don't agree. Oh, cool. No, no. We I got was a legitimate fan. I've been no. waiting for my turn because I was the one who chose to do this movie this week, right? Because 
this movie was like a revelation when it I was, was growing up. It was huge. It made over a hundred million dollars. It really, really resonated to my community, which was like ninety nine percent Asians. Um, and I, I do think what I loved was that all the central characters were Asian or black and the white yeah. people were either like undeveloped caricatures or like random service people. And, you know, yeah. like from the music, from Aaliyah to DMX to, you know, Jet Li was super hot back then. Um, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> He's still hot. Wait, really? No, 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 he not hot that then. He ain't hot now. What no, are you no, 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 not, uh, not physically. I don't know. Something about not, the way he looks at you with those odd, like. <laughs> no, not physically hot. He was hot. Like he's just coming off of oh, Lethal Weapon 4. His career was. Spicy. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, he was the biggest star in Asia from martial arts. Yeah, I was like. He's... Oh, you guys are so supportive. And Alita yeah. was like the biggest <laughs> R&B star at the time. Yeah. And, and by the way, I forgive her. I forgive her for being racist at the beginning because she was raised by R. Kelly. So I yes, understand. Yes. <laughs> she has some leeway. Also, yeah. she didn't write the script so that's that too <laughs> yeah, so, I yeah presume, Leah was like, actually she, good maybe she was the writer maybe i didn't I don't yeah know i I, I thought Leah was good i thought the acting was was good the dialogue was like great because it was so awful that it was great <laughs> i i feel like you guys you sort of like what jennifer say feel like you guys aren't getting like the heart of it like there's a reason it why like the it like in basketball scene but for like yeah. the whole movie it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, a good reference like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know like, like honestly when i was watching it back it really did take me back to the time and i do remember why i loved it and i still i had a lot of fun watching it again oh it was fun it was like fun. It's, it's <laughs> fun. Like a movie. I mean, come on. It was like schlock, you know? Yeah, it was like, whatever. This is fun. There's yeah, like, fun there's some schlock. good music. There's a Leah. Yeah. There's a martial arts. And there's like, he yeah. beat people up playing football. That's cool. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. I highly recommend people go back and watch it. <laughs> One out of four Asians. Wow. Right? <laughs> no, I, I do recommend it oh. too because it was okay. like, I'm not saying it's a great like movie. It's not going to win a fucking Oscar, but it accomplishes what it's won some awards yeah which is really just entertainment you know it's not meant to inspire a political conversation necessarily however it could because the most interesting thing about this movie about a race war yeah (laughs) interesting thing about this movie to me is what happened afterwards because it's famous the most famous thing about Romeo's by is that they cut out the kissing scene between Uh. Leah and Jet Li right because they were like they did test like Test audiences saw it and they're like, gross. Mm. Which I agree with, by the way, because yeah, he was 37, right. she was 21. It was gross. I didn't want to see that. Hollywood execs were like, nobody wants to see this. And they cut it out. However, yeah, but he looks young, though. So, does he? he no, no. People say sometimes, like, Asians look young. No. Most people are Asian. So everyone else just looks old, okay? There was a That's big hard. difference between what Jet Li looked like and what Aaliyah looked like. She was 21, he was 37, it was very clear. So it would have been gross, and I agree. However, there's been a long history, obviously, of Hollywood not wanting Asian men to kiss white women. That's just been the thing. Like, you know, if, again, this goes back to the whole demas- you know, the emasculation of, of, of Asian men in Hollywood. This is just another example of it. Although I will say, I want our viewers to uh, maybe check out this. I forgot about this series. It's on AMC and um, this Hong Kong actor. You might have heard of him. He's kind of like a ABC, American born Chinese, Daniel Wu. He stars in this oh. show called Into the Badlands. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good show. Yes, oh, yes. Man. And my, with a black girl. 
Yes. See, so and, and they have a sexual hot. relationship, and he's fucking hot in it. So hot. hey, like these movies don't deserve Not a great the show. credit. That show. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, no, Into the Badlands is great. I I like that show because I just like martial arts shit, which is why I didn't actually didn't like this movie just because the martial arts wasn't realistic mm-hmm. enough. Not right. that, that movie. Like he he uses his handcuffs like chain between them to flip up a handcuff key off the ground when it was within his reach. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And like he's so good at fighting with like one leg stuck in a rope while hanging from the ceiling. I was like, who how did you practice that, that shit? Who, who trains that? That's not. <laughs> did you train for that? What the fuck? Did you, get, did you get locked up on purpose so that you could show this off? <laughs> like you could escape from prison anytime. Like why? What the? Uh, this is crazy. Yeah, just just wrapping up this this movie. I do want to give a shout out to Russell Wong because he is oh. super hot, and I feel like our gay fans would be mad if I did not mention that. Um, yeah. But that's the thing, like Russell Wong is super hot. And again, yes. and he's, this is the thing is that like Asian men are not allowed to be like for the longest time. I mean, it's changing a little bit, but Asian men not allowed to be sexy unless we were villains. You know, like, yeah. it's true. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's changing in fashion. I don't know if you guys heard about the recent death, kind of recent of um, Taiwanese. Uh, he he also played in the Marbury movie, uh, My Other Home. God, Godfrey Gao. He was the first like LV model. Beautiful Super man. beautiful man. Beautiful, beautiful man. God bless his soul. Mm. Um, no, and no, I agree. It is changing. But like Russell Wong, super hot. I, I don't know if you guys remember Joy Luck Club. Yeah, I love it. Right? The watermelon scene? Yes. Oh, uh, he ate out that watermelon. Like, nobody eats a watermelon like that. But <laughs> he was a dick. He was a dick yes. in that movie. But he ate that watermelon. I was like, oh, I want him to eat me like a fucking watermelon. But right? that, that made him hotter. Like, women like women like assholes. No. I know. But the, the problem is, for the longest time, like, women, like, Asian men were only allowed to be sexy if they were assholes. Like, sexy even though he was a huge sex symbol, he was only allowed to play like the exotic lover, mm. you know, like the like the exotic lover villain, right? He actually had to leave Hollywood because he was like, these are the only roles I can get. I want to do mm. something more than this. He had to go to Europe and do those movies, because mm. and also because white people pass laws. But like, <laughs> you know, like this is the pro. Like with Jet Li. You know, Jackie Chan, like nobody's ever, I mean, I haven't, maybe you have, but nobody's ever thought of Jackie Chan as a sexual being, all right? No. No, there's way hotter Asians for sure. With Jet Li in this movie, not sexual at all. Like, I don't, there's, like, she, he and Ali are supposed to be, like, super in love. Like, I don't believe that he would die for her. I don't even believe he would, like, fucking make a sandwich for her. It doesn't make it, (laughs) there was no sexual chemistry. And that's the issue. Like, I feel like Asian men are often seen as action figures. Right? Like posable arms, like, you know, reticulating waists, but no dick. <laughs> also, okay. action figures can't drive in a similar fashion. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, hopefully the next movie we choose will have more uh, more objectification of Asian men. Um, we need to do like a Looking Fifty Shades of Grey with an Asian guy in Is the there, Oh, in the mood for love. By the way, a movie that was released when... Uh, at the exact same time as when Romeo Must Die was released, was in the mood for love. Yeah. Tony Leung. Yeah, but you see those those movies where Asian men are love interests are only in Asian movies, right? Well, so I, well, I know that's not a, not Hollywood. So there is work to be done, I exactly. guess. Exactly. I'm not going to be happy until Asian men are on the front page of Pornhub. 
<laughs> it's important. You know, like the Leonard, be the first to do <laughs> it. You can do it. It's really gonna be the change tape. you want to see in the world really kind the of tape. situation. <laughs> yeah. my, my parents are already very upset that I'm a comedian. No, uh, well, how much worse could it get? I mean, there's a ground like there's a, a bedrock for like parental opinions. And if you you know, if you reach that, you can do anything. Mm. You're lim you're limitless then. <laughs> I I did post a nude selfie one time. What? Oh, it was for yeah, okay. okay. We, we need to, we're, we're so off topic. Seriously, oh, Google. <laughs> no, uh, so there's a there's another uh, producer and uh, Brian Millward. Vong, do you know him? I I have heard of him. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Brian Millward, he puts on this. He did a show called Tap That. I think it's called Tap That. And he basically just books straight guys that he wants to fuck. And so he booked me, and then he asked me to give him a nude. I don't know whether I'm a I'm an old person, so I keep calling them nude selfies. But I've been told it's called just a nude. Uh, <laughs> and I I sent him one, and I've never uh, heard like that like with your eyes. with your dick with mm, your dick. Well, so this is what I did. Let me uh, let me explain. So I, <laughs> this is what I did. Uh, originally, I was like, I think it'd be super funny because like I'm Asian, so let's pixelate the dick, right? Right. Because most Asian porn pixelated. Uh, and so then, but that was like. Let's just make it even funnier. And I was like, let's make it like just like a comically large penis because mine is not comically large. So I was like, let me make. So I was look. So I went online looking for dicks. Uh, oh. I couldn't find one that I liked. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> and when the what I ended up doing is I found an elephant trunk. I found an elephant oh. trunk. I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I photoshopped an elephant trunk where my dick would be. I pixelated it and then I sent it to Brian. And then oh my he, God. he sent it out to a bunch of people. And now apparently I have heard the grapevine, the entire gay community who has seen this picture thinks I have a massive penis. And I was like, that was not the intention. <laughs> like I was like, like, like Brandon Ash Muhammad. Lovely person. He just first black oh, yeah. comedian who's released an album in Canada. Go buy it. Capricornication, fantastic. He told my friend Odo that I have a huge penis, and she was like, "You have a huge penis." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Wow. <laughs> and I was like, "And how do you know that?" And then she was like, "Well, Brandon said." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Brandon said?" And then she told me, "I was like, oh, I I know where this came from, mm. and I it was an elephant trunk. I was going for comically large." And I somehow landed on impressive. What the fuck is going on in the gay community, Bob? <laughs> like, I was trying to go for like it was down, it was past my knees, man. Like, what the fuck? Penis. What size, are you dealing with? Penis size can be really big in the gay community. I I, I, I read that. I must I read, admit, yeah, there's You're past your knees, knees, knees. It was got to be like well, listen. There's there's yeah. There's got to be like one guy, and like his word would get around about that one guy. Yeah, I would say in, in the gay community, people definitely know who's got the big penises because some people are really into that. I would say two of my exes were like porno size. Like it was over. It's sort of like what Jennifer said. It's like you, you don't really want it that big. Like it, it, it got to a point of like ridiculousness. But OK, let's uh, let's end that topic there before we get into any more trouble. Um so um, the takeaway there is that uh, Leonard's penis looks like an elephant. Um, Google, go, Google, Google the photo. Um, okay, what sound does it make? 
<laughs> okay, so um, a somewhat awkward, um, a somewhat awkward uh, transition because the next topic is a little bit more serious. Um, you know, this is where we talk about trending topics, and there was an Angus Reid article that came out. Um, just before we went to tape, and um, we we did want to talk about it. We haven't had a lot of time to prepare, so we might dig into it a little bit more next week. But here are the key findings. So six in ten um, uh, Chinese people say they've adjusted their routines in order to avoid run-ins or otherwise unpleasant encounters since the COVID-19 outbreak began. Two-thirds report feeling um, coverage from North American news outlets has led to negative views of people of Chinese ethnicity in Canada. And finally, um, just over half are worried that Asian children are going to be bullied when they return to school due to COVID-19. Um, you know, I'll, I'll open it up to, to the floor on, on what your thoughts of, of this breaking news are. Well, I didn't know it was that high. That, 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 that was actually the thing that shocked me the most. Like, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that high. Like, 50% of all, like, you know, well, I mean, the particular poll was 516 people, and it was like 50% have yeah. experienced verbal racism, and 29% have experienced violence. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. No, I saw a horrible video um, of this woman in a train station, and mm. these teenagers... They were black, okay? Black teenagers just were like fooling around near her. And one of them said to the other, like, I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. And he literally jumped up and kicked her in the face. Oh, my goodness. Like, like she's just this helpless woman standing around waiting for, for the, the subway. There are horrible videos out there and they're not being publicized or shared. And I don't know if that's because like Asians aren't speaking up because it's in our nature just to be like, we're ashamed. We don't want to cause trouble. But I do believe that there's a lot of anti-Asian sentiment. I haven't been the victim of it because I sent my white husband out for all the essential errands, which is a great thing. But um, yeah, it's it's troubling. Like I I I feel self-conscious now when I go out, which is which is you know what? Honestly, though, it, it's good in a way because it honestly must be what like I was in Muskoka and we, me and my sister, like we didn't want to go into any of the stores because I know in Muskoka, like cottage country, people number one are not welcoming like city folk, but then Asian city folks, like for sure, we're not welcome there. And I went into a shoppers and this woman was just telling her son, like, Hey, you got to stay near me when they saw me. Cause we almost ran into each other because like some people do, you know, like some people don't respect social distancing here. And it was obviously meant for me. Mm. So like, I finally felt like, okay, oh my God, like this self-consciousness that I'm feeling like people are watching me. This is what black people must feel like in certain situations. All the time, you mean? Yeah, all mm. the time. So <laughs> in a way, it's like, okay, there goes our Asian privilege in that sense, mm. which is good in a way, but also not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 what what I happened to being the model minority? It's all gone now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because I actually blame a lot of the medical community for the early racism because, you know, uh, 
people from Asian countries, we've known for a long time that people should be wearing masks during an outbreak. Like it's just mm -hmm. very clear. And instead of coming out and telling people the truth that they should be wearing masks, but that there's a mask shortage. So maybe don't steal all the masks yet. Don't hoard them. Instead, they just came out and said, no, masks aren't really that effective. So then you only had Asian people wearing masks, which then became this symbol. So when whenever somebody saw an Asian wearing a mask, mm -hmm. they would just like attack them and it made it worse. Yeah. Um, so I do blame the medical community and they've apologized a little bit, but like, I'm just like, you know, and, and also to, to what Jennifer was, was saying too, there are a lot of things unreported. Like there was this, there was this story in, in, in the, um, in the San Francisco Chronicle where an Asian family wearing masks and it included you know, I think it was like a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. And somebody came up and like stabbed them, including the baby. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm like... It, it was at a Walmart, right? The Walmart situation? Yeah. The point of the stabbing, yeah. you think? Yeah, and like it, you know it, it got no coverage outside of no, San Francisco nothing. or, or the within the Asian too. community were the only people passing. I was like, I'm pretty sure if, if you like stab a white baby, they're going to get fucking coverage. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. My yeah. mom sent me this video of this dude, like basically it was like this dude, Asian guy in Vancouver, and he's being harassed by a white guy because of coronavirus, racism, whatever. And the Asian dude just kept backing up, backing up, backing up. And then eventually it was like, you know what? Because the, the <laughs> because the stereotypes are true, he is in fact a Kung Fu master and he beat the shit out of this Asian oh. this white guy who was being racist. And I was like, that was so satisfying. Like, I, 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 I was like, and my mom sent it to me. I was like, mom, thank you so much. <laughs> I wish you would send me a, a video of uh, an Asian guy being up a white guy every day. Yeah, I, exactly. I was like, please send me more of these videos. Like you usually send me videos that are like, you send me emails that are like these, like this crazy, like everybody sends these cra crazy emails. If somebody flashes their headlights at you, that means they're going to kill you because it's a gang. And I was like, ah. Please send me more. Yeah, you know, I, I will say, and this is probably giving away too much, but there was a period in my life where I had like a lot of rage toward like systemic oppression and, you know, the, the power structures and specifically like rich white guys. And I did like sort of get into this scene where, you know, like sexually, there's a lot of like white guys that just want to get their ass kicked while you're like, quote unquote, making love to them. And so I did. Honestly, it was quite satisfying beating up white guys. To, you know, I, 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 will, I will say yeah, you can get paid for that for sure. Monetize Definitely. the fuck out of this. Just beat up white guys for money. I love that. Do it. Only fans going. <laughs> like people donate a thousand dollars. They can come over and you'll beat them up. Yes. Yeah, you know, I fully support this. And honestly, I didn't take it as far as some people. Like, they would want you to like do things that I wasn't really quite prepared to do. I'm like, I'm just okay with like punching you in the face a few times. Like that's, you know, that that makes me happy. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I don't really know what to say with the current situation. Like, I do know right now that the movement is with Black Lives Matter. Um, so the focus is there as it should be. But I, I do think at a certain point, we do have to get back to talking about what's happening to Asians during this pandemic and how mm -hmm. they're being treated. Because um, I think the conversation was slowly starting to ramp up. 
And it's sort of gone on pause for a little bit. And like I say, rightfully so, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Like I say, even basically Pride Month has gone on hold because let's let Black Lives Matter have their moment because it is the most urgent thing right now. But I, I do think after a certain point, we, we do have to get back. And I think that this study is a really clear indication. Like there's some really crazy shit. And I, I remember there was this, um like, like in, in part of my, my, my set in January, I was talking about like how Asians, it's sort of tough because, um, you know, I get the whole thing with Asian privilege, but I don't feel like I've had a lot of it in my life because I grew up really poor in, in the ghetto and we were treated. So where I grew up, Asians were just seen as gang members. They weren't seen as like rich kids from Hong Kong. Like that's not outside of Toronto and Vancouver. You're just getting war refugees who are poor and you're always in the news for like murder or crime or some other shit. So for me, my my whole life um, going, going through malls, like people just follow you around. And I remember this one time my white friend sort of came along and we were in this jewelry store and they literally followed us around. And he was so upset. He like literally started screaming at them because he's like, why the fuck are you following us around? And he's like, why don't you? like fight harder and I was like I was like dude literally if I fought everybody who followed me around a store I would have not have time to do anything else (laughs) so I I, I do think there is this anti-Asian sentiment that does need to be dealt with um And it, it is growing. And the most frustrating part to me is because a lot of the narrative comes out of Toronto. And like I said, Toronto Asians are treated very differently because mm. people see Asians as like rich, spoiled kids. So when I come here and like, you know, I'm trying to get funding for a documentary and then I find out like Asians aren't considered minorities anymore for funding or like, you know, we're not... Um, you know, there's we talked about it in earlier podcasts about like how we're we're getting like docked points from getting into like universities and, and such. Mm-hmm. It's just like so crazy. Where like my whole life, I've been so upset at this systemic oppression I face, and now people are literally trying to say that it didn't exist. Like yeah. Asians don't face it, and I'm just like. No, this is ridiculous. Maybe some agents, maybe in major cities like Toronto, but because Toronto is controlling the news story, I want to speak out for the Asians across the rest of Canada where we're just seen as gang members. We're not seen as rich kids. And so, like, you know, like some some of these companies, I know I'm just going to rant now, but like some of these companies really pissed me off. So like Google and Facebook, they release their um, their diversity reports and they literally put the Asians and white people together and the rest of the minorities. And I was like, wait a minute. So we don't even count for that anymore. And the ridiculous thing is, you know, sure, Asians might get um, more, um, they might get more hired in technology companies. But if you look at the leadership, they don't have leadership positions at all unless they mm-hmm. started the company themselves. So you look at Apple and you look at Google or Facebook. I'm only mentioning them because they do have their their publicized um, their publicized um, diversity reports, and they have a higher uh, proportion of Asians, but almost zero in their um, in their executive. And also, if you took a look at their um, at their at their keynote at World Wide Developers Conference um, yesterday, they didn't have a single Asian on stage where you know there's a lot of Asian engineers working on it. There's also a recent report too that Asians at the highest level of management actually under-index um, across 
all races, including black people in the U.S. So I, I do think, you know, people have to look at it at different levels. There's like, you know, you know, how are people treated for like management positions, for executive positions and for entry level positions? Maybe and they, like they have to break assertive. it out. Yeah, that's the stereotype. And so they think, oh, we need somebody like somebody bold and assertive for the management position. Who I mean, there is that. Somebody. There's like uh, the what's it called? The bamboo ceiling. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll jump into that because I, I used to do um, I used to do corporate consulting. And part of it was people would ask me, like, you know, um, if they had like Asian employees and, and such, they weren't able to figure out in meetings, um, you know, why Asians wouldn't speak out sometimes. Because, you know, as we all know, there's like unwritten rules. Like if your boss is talking, you're not going to like say something counter to what their boss is saying. But one thing I always tell people is. Um, in corporate world is it's not that Asians are more reserved or that Asians um, aren't as assertive. It's that we value nonverbal communication. So one thing, and I've had to talk to my exes about this too when I'm dating white guys. It's one of the first conversations. Like sometimes I get annoyed explaining things, but I try and tell them, I was like, you know, white people, they're told growing up, like don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me or like all this stupid shit. But like Asians, it's like, no, if we're family and I have to verbalize everything, then that just means you haven't taken the time to get to know me. Like you need to be able to read my signals. Yeah. There's like this expectation. So if you think that Asians aren't, as vocal, like, I know, like with my, with my parents and I know like a lot of Asian kids and especially like, like Canadian born Chinese, they don't understand why their agents don't say, I love you. And I'll, I'll, I'll sort of say this. The reason why is because when something is so obvious and you say it, it takes away from it. It, it takes mm -hmm. away from it. So it's like, if you have to say, I love you, for them to know it, that means you're not showing it. They should feel it in everything. So for my parents to say it, it'd be like, it would cheapen it. It's sort of like if I went over to somebody's house and then I used their washroom and then afterward I'd be like, oh, thank you so much for letting me use your toilet paper. Like they'd be like, what the hell? When it's obvious, when you say it, it cheapens it. Mm -hmm. just, just like that example. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like people have to understand nonverbal communication doesn't mean you're reserved. You mm -hmm. just, there's a higher level of expectation. And sorry, that was like a 10 minute rant. No, but... no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it isn't like the whitest thing I'm going to say today, but there's a book. <laughs> we can check you on that. I mean, there's a the book. It's, it's the, five the five love languages. Have you guys heard of this book? Yeah, I was in the mm. midst of reading yep. it. I'm sure. You know, anybody who's been in a relationship and has gone through therapy, of mm. course, they had to read this book because it's the first thing they recommend. But like, yeah, there's like different ways that people express love. And the thing is, like, most Asians express love through acts of service. Mm hmm. They don't like, you know, so one of the other things is like, you know, one of the other love languages is like you actually say, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Asians don't say that shit. You know what I mean? Like this. Is, okay. So my friend Tracy Hamilton, white girl, love her. She does this show called Love is Everywhere. And one of the, uh, and so every, on the show, it's a bunch of comedians. And then every week she gives them homework love homework and they have to go back and do this homework and then they come and then they go on the show and they talk about it and whatever right how you know it's about happiness and whatever the homework she gave me is i had to tell my parents that i love them now as asians <laughs> you know how fucked up that is right she didn't know she's a white woman she's like yeah whatever just tell your parents you love them i was like you know understand you don't understand like this is fucked up like this is 
huge. Like I've never told them I love them. And did they like, think you no. were asking for money? <laughs> that, that's a hundred percent what happened. Because right? <laughs> I was telling, I was telling Tracy, I was like, you don't understand the like, magnitude of what you've just asked me to do. I would do this for comedy but <laughs> 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 because I have my priorities. But like, fuck. So I was trying to tell my parents. I was like, and I was like, mom, dad, you've done so much for me. It's amazing. I love, thank you so much for everything you've done. I wouldn't be where I am without you. I love you. But my, my mom was like, do you need money? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Why? It's exactly it. It's like, it, mm. it, that's not how we communicate. Like, my, then my parents were like, just come over for a barbecue. We'll feed you. That's how we show love. They'll mm. feed you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then at one point, like, I kept trying to tell them I love them, like, every meal that we had. And they were like, stop. My aunt was like, why are you doing this to them? Like, you just, you're harsh in the mood, man. Just hundred percent meat. hundred <laughs> percent. They just mm. eat food. And that's all it is. It's like, we feed you because we love you. We're going to, like, do things for you because we love you. And we don't have to say it because we know it. Exactly what Vaughn was saying, right? And I remember at one point, like, the third time I tried, because I was like, I just want to make this get through to them. I said, I love you. We're at a, we're at a restaurant. I love you. And then my mom was like, you look fat. <laughs> we loved you really, too much. <laughs> and you know what that meant? It meant it was like, the way they say I love you is eat. We're going to feed you. And when they said, you look fat, to me, that meant clearly you understand that we love you. <laughs> because you keep eating our food. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's, 100%, it's a different way of communicating. You're Vong, I think you're 100% right. And, that's, and, that, and going back to the interracial dating, it's, that is the big thing. Like, the cult, like these little nuances in the culture is really the things that we have to bridge. Right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm not going to say I love you all the time. I, I mean, I'm forced to because I'm married to a white woman, so I have to. <laughs> Any other situation, I'm not going to say that. I'm like, here, eat. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to make sure everything's good. I'm going to take care of the house if I need to. Whatever. I'm gonna... That's how you show you. That's how all is taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in um, just wrapping this up, I'll, I'll open it to uh, last thoughts from Jennifer or Sebastian. Okay, sounds That's, like there's no, no last yeah, thoughts, no. so we will... No, we'll... no, no thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we'll wrap up that segment, and um, I will actually play the outro music because this will be one potential ending because we have a new segment, which if it's terrible, I will erase it. So here's our first goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thanks to everybody who stayed behind. So our new segment is, you know, we're we're trying to open up space for our comedic abilities to come out. So we're going to sort of riff a little bit on maybe jokes we're working on or do some quick fire topics. Um, this is the first time, so I don't have any quick fire topics. It's basically I'm going to open it up. Um, each of the comedians can jump in. You have um, 30 to 60 seconds to sort of get your point across. And then next person goes, just uh, let's go rapid fire. So uh, here we go. Wants to go first? Jennifer, I'm going to nominate you. Go, go, okay. go. Uh, quick, 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 quick. I don't understand why every time you like watch a movie or you hear about couples that get a divorce, they're always like fighting for custody of the kids. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Like why? 
Why would like you a, want? Why would? Why would you want a reminder of what ruined your marriage in the first place? Well, you know, in, in a lot of these, in a lot of these movies, like they're terrible. Like they're, they're like, oh, he's abusive, and then he's like, uh, uh, look at Leonard. He's like, I don't make any money. He's like, I can't like. <laughs> you like you purposefully sabotage yourself so that you can't take the kids. So you like you push it towards the other exactly. person. Exactly. Kids like look, I have kids and they're fine, I guess. But like, I think we should rethink that term kidnapper. OK, <laughs> I think children are the ones that take their parents in a hostage situation. It's which like is why when, they, which is why when there's a divorce. OK, <laughs> well, my point is when there's a divorce, it's like the parents have Stockholm syndrome for their captors, which is their kid. They're kidnappers. Like, just let's change that, shall we? The kids. But it's about winning, right? You just want the kids. It's like, I win. This is probably. No, because yeah. parents are yeah, just like really completely lose. masochistic. They're just like, oh my God, I don't know how to live without suffering. I need the kid. I need the kid to suffer. I, I would love to see a movie where they like divorce and then they're fighting to give each other rights to the kids. Yeah. No, you take them. No, you take them. You take them. Uh, and then the, the court's like, let's, let's ask the kids, where do you want to go? And they're like, can you like. Fuck off. To a home. Like, can we adopt it? <laughs> like, I want Which Minecraft. That's all. I want the laptop. That's what I want. Yeah, um, yeah. I download viruses under my computer to fuck up everything up. Um, just a quick note. I'm getting a heat warning on my camera, so oh, no. that'll actually be the wrap up of this segment. Too hot. Sorry, sorry okay. to Leonard and, and Sebastian, but uh, thanks everybody for coming, for watching the show, um, for listening, you. for downloading. Um, uh, thanks again to to Spotify for their support of the Rice Asian Comedy Podcast. They've really been advertising us, really helped us launch. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody at Spotify Marketing. And thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week with more topics. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.